In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the uh, British made-for-TV comedy, Keeping Up Appearances, Hyacinth Bucket, who, who insists that her last name is pronounced Bouquet, she is a social climber who passes her time visiting stately homes, hosting executive-style dinner parties with her Royal Worcester double-glazed Avignon china complete with hand-painted periwinkles, bragging of her white slimline telephone with automatic redial, and maintaining the integrity of her status in the community, name-dropping at any and every opportunity she gets. Her aim in life is to impress friends and neighbors and important people. When answering the telephone, she greets the caller with the bouquet residence, the lady of the house speaking. Her excessive snobbery makes life difficult for everyone around her, but Hyacinth never seems to get it. She's too busy keeping up appearances to be a good wife, a good mother, or a good friend. Appearances are important, but they can be deceiving. Take the fig tree in our text for today as an example. Even though it wasn't yet fig season, this particular tree already looked as though there should be lots of fruit hanging on its branches. It put on such a convincing show that Jesus approached it expecting to pick figs. He was not happy with what he found. All the strength of the fig tree had gone into its foliage. There were no figs. There was no fruit. And that made Jesus so angry that he cursed it. And the Gospel of Mark says that it withered from its roots. Now don't be mistaken. It's not like Jesus has it out for unfruitful fruit trees because his cursing of this fig tree takes place immediately before the cleansing of the temple in Jerusalem. The fig tree, it would appear from the way the narrative unfolds, is a picture of the Jewish people. And Jesus' purpose in cursing this particular fig tree at this particular time is to drive that fact home to drive it to, into the attention of his disciples. For you see, the Jews also had the appearance of spiritual health and vitality. They had the temple. They had tradition. They had a richly detailed and elaborate liturgy. They had a hierarchy of clergy, all of which had been carefully, lovingly, sacrificially, and painstakingly funded and institutionalized. Yet despite all the grand and glorious outward appearances, something was not right. Something was terribly broken. So Jesus got involved. 
The Bible says he drove out those who were selling and buying in the temple courts. He turned over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, and he would not permit anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, he said. But you have made it a den of thieves. For three years he had traveled and talked and taught among them. For three years he had performed signs and wonders and miracles that made manifest the fact that he was their Messiah. For three years he had worked in the north and in the south and in their very midst, and still there was no fruit. Instead of being what they were saved to be, they had become thieves. Now there's more than one way to be a thief. The first way is to break into a neighbor's home or business and steal that which belongs to him. Another way is to choose not to help our neighbor keep his property or business. A third way to be a thief is to choose not to give my neighbor that which actually already belongs to him. This is what Jesus had in mind when he called them thieves. They were not sharing the salvation that was already theirs with those who were outside their borders, outside of the context of their tight-knit community. They were not bearing the fruit of the nations. Well, they looked good on the outside, to be sure. They had buildings and budgets and institutions and vestments and the respect of men. They were keeping up appearances, but they were not bearing fruit. Now, we all know that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We know that. But this fruit is only fruit when it is exercised in relationship with others for the good of others. It's all about people, brothers and sisters. It's all about people. The fruitless fig tree was cursed because although it appeared to be fruitful, it was not. Jesus is showing us that he does have expectations of his people. We are blessed to be a blessing. By nature, we were bad trees. By grace, we are good trees. And good trees bear good fruit. They bear the fruit of people. We get so prideful, we get so protective, but this is not about us. This is not about us or our institutions or about maintaining our place and position as respected clergy in a church society. This is not about keeping up appearances so that we look good to each other and feel good about ourselves. 
This is about bearing the fruit of people who once were lost, but now are found. Were blind, but now they see. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You, Jesus says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Brothers and sisters, you are connected to Jesus. Right here, right now, you are connected to him. We worship him in spirit and in truth, and he is with us, he is near us, he is in us. Our Lord has carefully, lovingly, tenderly grafted us into himself. He is the vine, we are the branches, we have his life, we have his love, we have all of his blessings coursing through our bodies and through our souls so that we're not just learning what's right and we're not just knowing what's right and we're not just believing what's right, we're actually doing what's right. More and more and more. We bear the fruit of people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.